Hello humans out there. It's the 27th of April when I'm recording this and it's been about three weeks since I put out one of these poems for a pandemic episodes and I honestly can't believe that. Feels like I just uh, just released that episode with Marissa yesterday but even though every day is kind of like this sort of groundhog day of ISO life, um, time is also going by very quickly. We've been doing this social distancing thing or physical distancing I probably prefer that term for a little while now and um, it's kind of become normal but uh, it's also weird like time has sort of stretched out and feels very odd at the moment I mean it's a Monday morning but uh, how different is it to the weekend I don't know I mean it depends on your job I guess some people are still going out to work and probably still have more of a routine but for those of us whose lives is very very home centered at the moment it can all feel like a bit of a blur anyway wherever you are at in this whole new world that we find ourselves in I'm going to bring you some poems today I believe that poems help us in any season of life I think we totally as a culture underrate the power of poetry And if you're listening to this, you're probably sick of hearing me say things like that. But on the other hand, if you're listening to this, you did come here for a podcast that is themed around poetry. Now, today I have a very special guest. I called up my good friend, Roger Diambage, another wonderful poet who I commissioned to write a poem for a pandemic. And um, we had a chat uh, last week and he shared a beautiful poem. And um, it got me thinking about when I met Roger, which was actually... Several years back now, we met at a poetry slam and uh, I think he tells his story in our interview actually, but it's kind of crazy because it was his first time performing poetry and I'd been performing it for several years and he beat me in that poetry slam, which is not a surprise because he does have the most soothing and beautiful and just, uh, you know, like wonderfully soul-stirring style. But before my interview... With Roger, I'm going to share with you some poems from my notebook. Um, and, uh, you know, all of these poems for a pandemic, they're not, um, they're not poems I've, I've kind of agonized over for hours or really crafted. They're kind of just whenever I have a spare moment, I sit down, I open a page and I write what is on my mind. So they are pretty rough in many ways, but I hope that the heart of them, the essence of them connects with you in a way that makes some sense of some of the things we're experiencing right now. So here's one I wrote a couple weeks ago on the 14th of April. Exercise is returning to nature. We used to sleep in our homes, but did we live in them like now? We used to drive on our streets, but now we walk them. I have never seen so many people walking their local streets. It helps that these last few days have been the glory of autumn. Warm sunlight after cool mornings. I wonder about winter. Maybe it is time to learn to hibernate. If we could sleep six months and wake on the other side, would we? Is there enough life to be here today? But that is always the question. In our privilege or our poverty, do we gaze towards unrealized horizons or replay waves of yesterday's waters? Here is so often the most difficult place to be. But here is where we are, walking our streets in the autumn light, as ordinary and extraordinary as ever. I'm going to read you one more poem for a pandemic before 
I play my interview with Roger. When my grandkids ask me about living through the coronavirus, I hope I can tell them I trod gently on sacred ground and didn't squander all my thoughts on the survival of my comfort. The preservation of privilege turns our gaze from the sacred suffering. Christ, the ground of being, is always positioned with the suffering. That is why sacred ground abounds. The woman whose home reeks with bulldog masculinity, the bruised child with bullies haunting homes and not just schoolyards, the elderly who miss the glint in the eyes of grandkids not captured on screens, the single whose skin will only know its own touch for months, not to mention the weary frontline workers or the very ones who suffer the virus. I have been known to trample over sacred ground in my anxious rush to feed my ego. But I hope that when my grandkids ask me about the days the world changed, I will be able to say I changed with it. I trod more gently. I loved tenderly and fiercely among all the sacred suffering. Well, my friends, here is my conversation with my friend Roger Dayambaje. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, bro. Hey, my man. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Just uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. I'm missing your beautiful face and voice. Yeah, I miss you too, bro. How's uh, how's no one near? They're going all right. They're going all right. They don't really know what's going on in the world right now. I mean, they know something's up, but mm. uh, not the same way that the adults do, I guess. Definitely, man. They must be. They must be big now. They are big now. Yeah, Noah's four and Leo's two, Jeez. and uh, they are full of a whole lot of energy. That's for sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, bro. So. I want to have a chat to you about how your life has been impacted mm. by mm. COVID. And uh, then I'm going to ask you to share this poem that you've written. But first, oh. your life went through like a massive change uh, at the beginning of this year or the end of last year. How long has it been since you moved and started your new role? And how do you introduce mm. yourself these days? Like if somebody doesn't know you, give me yeah. like the way that you would introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, how you spend your time. Oh, damn. Well, I would say my name is Roger. I am uh, I'm a nurse, even though I feel like an imposter at times. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a registered nurse. Do you ever, do you ever, tell, uh, you ever tell your patients that you feel like an imposter? Oh, definitely. <laughs> You've got to look professional for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you write poetry. Oh, yeah. Hmm. How long have you been writing poetry for? Hmm. I think like since maybe 2014, around that, uh, yeah, 2014, that's when I I started doing it. And um, yeah, it, I can't believe I'm still doing it because it's just a weird how it has um been like a really very consistent. Like mm. even though like, 
I take time off, but it's just something that I reckon I'll keep doing forever. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about when we first met uh, mm-hmm. at that poetry slam in Newcastle. That probably would have oh. been pretty early in your in your writing days, because I don't I don't quite know, but that might have been twenty fifteen. That was I'm pretty sure that was the first time I had ever performed because I had been writing a little bit with my my English teacher. He introduced me to Anis Mojgani. He's got this poem called Shake the Dust mm-hmm. and he, he showed it to me and I was like so he was like epic man. I was like, Man, I wish I could write like this and I would um write some stuff and then I'd show it to my teacher. And yeah, he was just like super encouraging. And when the Australian poetry slam thing happened, um, one of my friends told me about it, that I had shown some of my poems. And at that point, I only had like two poems, like, yeah, one. And the one that I had to battle with you, that was a poem about old people, which was kind of talking about how old people are treated in Australia and how you know, they, they were treated back home and mm. lucky with these plans, um, the crowd had the one who judges and the room had a lot of older people that night, so they bought it for me and that was epic. Oh, it's, it wasn't just about that. I think people would have voted for you regardless of how old they were, but it was epic, oh. man. I By that stage, I had mm. already been to the nationals of the Australian Poetry Slam a couple of times and had like performed at the Sydney Opera House and you beat me in that that heat the first time you ever performed in a slam. So obviously you got some talent, my friend. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, it was crazy. And like, yeah, after I saw you perform, I was like, man, like I, I have to get this guy's number. Like I have to learn how to like perform and like that. Because, man, like your original, like your poetry and like your style, I reckon... I already had, like, the love for it, but then, like, you know, like, following your stuff and, like, it just enhanced my love for it even more. And, like, I definitely appreciate all the opportunities you've, you've given me to grow, you know, like, you'd always find little gigs here and there, like, yeah, are you ready to do this? And I remember I performed at your first, um, yeah, speak up. I think, I think I was one of yeah. the first ones, right? You would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's but that, awesome, that was man. like this. It was epic, and I just gathered all the poems I had, and I did it, and that was so cool. Yeah, oh man, it's so good. Well, mm. you also mentioned that you're a nurse, and you moved. Uh, you were living in Sydney. Yeah, and then yep. and then, where's the place you're living now? I'm living in Tambarumba. Tambarumba. Yeah. What's that close to if people don't know where Tumbarumba is? What's the closest place that people know? So Tumba is in the snowy mountains, so it's like close to like Threadbow and all that. It's about I think like two, two and a half hours from Canberra. Mm-hmm. Um the, the town I'm living in right now is called Rosewood and it's it has a population of two hundred and fifteen people. Now oh, it's wow. fifteen. It's very small, close to Tuwaga. Um, so, yeah, it, it yeah, has definitely wow. been a bit of a change for me. So, yeah, yeah you've gone through this big change and then COVID-19 happens. Now, I'm interested mm. in the fact that, one, you're in a very small place 
So I'm wondering mm. if what it feels like there with the coronavirus stuff, but then also mm. you are, you're like a frontline healthcare worker. So mm. yeah. What's it been like where you are? It's, uh, it's, I felt like when, when like everybody started like fighting about toilet paper and all, I didn't think it would get to us, but even here, because we only have IGA, but it was literally empty. Like people were <clears throat> panic buying. There wasn't much stuff there. And like even even now, like at the hospital, people are still like calling us every day, asking if we've got a case yet. And mm. it even got to the point where like our um, manager was telling us not to go in town or the shops while wearing our nurse uniform because people are just getting a bit aggressive saying, oh, the nurses will spread it. And oh, that really? was kind of like, yeah. But um, <clears throat> everyone is just really scared. They don't yeah. know what to do. Yeah, my, uh, my little brother who, I mean, he's not little, but my brother who's a few years younger than me, his wife, who's my sister-in-law, is a nurse and they just moved to the mm. Gold Coast. Uh, a few months ago, and um, yeah, she's been she's been copping some pretty nasty comments and and abuse and similar stuff to what you're mentioning there. And my little brother's an mm. artist, so he actually did a an art piece basically um, about how we need to take care of you know our mm. our carers, our health workers, rather than abusing them. He got pretty he got pretty pissed off actually. He did a big a big rant with this awesome art piece. Um, but man, I'm sorry to hear that. That is, you know, it's it's horrible. We really should be taking care of um, our nurses, our doctors, anybody in our healthcare sector, rather than uh, treating them badly at this time. That's horrible. Yeah, no, it definitely sucks. People just when they're scared, they're just like, oh, start panicking. But mm. you know, I'm do- I'm doing well. I'm just you know taking it day by day. Yeah, and how are you finding living in such a small place and, you know, in a time when kind of everybody's having to isolate? Are you, uh, is it difficult to be away from family, things like that? Mm, I definitely miss my family, but I'm a bit of like an introvert. So like me, like I can survive in solitude well. Like I always, I've been doing like a lot of like, like reading, a lot of like exercise and I bought a camera before I came here, so I'm trying to get into that. But it's definitely challenging because, like, while I'm here, I wanted to, like, explore the area a lot more. But, like, there's just so much more restrictions on, like, traveling and Mm. a lot of cool spots I wanted to go. Most of them are, like, closed down. And, yeah, like, it's it's definitely been pretty hard. And uh, Mm. because, like, you know, I'm a new grad, so, like, everything is, like, new for me and new in like a new environment but um yeah i'm just trying to take it a day by day until i finish my my 12 months and i'll be out of here okay so it's just a 12 month contract or 12 month kind of situation mm, yeah so like after you finish uni you kind of get um yeah like you have to do one year of as a new grad nurse and you learn a lot of Mm-hmm. stuff to gain that experience but if if you want to stay then you stay but uh, I don't think I want to stay here like mm-hmm. all my friends and family are all in like you know around that side Newcastle Sydney area sure 
Oh, well, that's good to hear that you're, you're coming back, mm. hopefully, because I want you back here. <laughs> uh, um, all right, my man. So I asked you to write a poem mm. and uh, you said yes. Yep. So before you share the poem, do you want to share a little bit about the process? Have you been writing much poetry lately? Do you find that in a situation like this is easier or harder to write? Tell me a bit about mm. your writing process at the moment. Um, I've definitely been writing just like short stuff. Most of the year, I just like write, like write like a line here, a line there, but nothing fully complete. So I was a bit panicking when he asked me to write this and then because <clears throat> I had a a lot um, at work. I had shifts until until yesterday and I. Mm. Saturday, Saturday was my last one, so I penned this one yesterday. I sat for so long trying to start it, and um, anyway, I started with like a few lines of my old poem, and it started to flow from there. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh well, thank you for using your day off to do what mm. I uh, kind of strongly suggested that you do. <laughs> you didn't have to do nah. it, but. Uh, I reckon we're all going to be, anyone listening to this and, you know, first and foremost myself, I'm sure that I'm going to be richer and better for hearing your words. So when you're ready, why don't you share yep. share this poem? As we stand, static with fear in this confluence, our feet torn between the norm and the chaos, navigating reality with fallen faces, Let's walk in it courageously. Though these unannounced storms have been placed upon us, causing our spines to fold in fear, and for some to beg with the same palms that they pray with. But still, let's search for joy like Paul in jail, acknowledging our ego and nurturing compassion in this solitude. We must solidify our connection to self, to neighbor, becoming archaeologists of stories and excavating each other intently, lifting up the weak and immersing the lonely with love, removing the stains on a darkened soul. This is the purpose we were made for. And these times are testament. The streets are filled with ghosts and memories, but there is hope in Italy, in Spain. Homes have become sanctuaries that they were intended. Brothers bellowing salutations on balconies, this virus will not fracture us. Though it seems we are fading, we will not languish. Finding the holy in hell, hospitals have become chapels of silent prayers and God hears. God hears and he is in control and maybe beneath this torrent of uncertainty there is a dormant silver lining and maybe this is the only Sabbath long enough in our lifetime to correct and rebuild, to be still and let the earth breathe. Man, it's beautiful. Beautiful. I love the line about excavating each other. For those stories, a beautiful image, lots of beautiful images in there. If you are happy to send me the words, I'll also put those mm. in the, the like the show notes of the podcast. So if people have just heard that poem and you want to read it again and just take it in slowly, 
uh, you'll be able to do that. But man, what a beautiful piece of writing. It gives me hope. It makes me feel uh, like I want to seek the best in me and the best in us during this time. Mm, definitely. Yeah. No, thank you, man. Thank you for asking me to write it because if you didn't, it probably wouldn't have come to, to fruition. And yeah, oh, I definitely. Nothing like a bit of pressure. 100%. I had to do it, man. I had to do it for Will. <laughs> oh, awesome, man. Well, uh, well, I'll let you get back to, to your evening. You told me before you just um, finished a run before I called you, so you probably want to mm. wind down now and, and chill out before. Are you working tomorrow yeah. or you got a day off tomorrow? No, nah, I, I have a day off tomorrow, so I'll be sleeping in. Oh, lovely. Tell me what, what does uh, like the perfect day just at home – in isolation, look like for you? Ooh, a perfect day would probably be me laying down. If um, if I read something, then I, I feel like I've done something for the day because like so many of my days, I'm just like literally lazing around, eating, and like, I, and then I just feel like really bad that I haven't accomplished anything. So any day that I've like, done anything productive whether it's like yeah read something or gone outside and took some photos or did a bit of exercise I'm like okay like I've you know I haven't I've accomplished something and I'm happy but um yeah just a day that I do something good for myself that sounds bad but um, mm. oh, sure. I understand I mean you got to make sure that you also do allow yourself just to do some some lazing around and, and just resting. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, what oh, I hear God. is that you want to do something that nurtures the soul. You know, there's kind of that couch potato mode where you're just watching Netflix mm. and that's cool, but then you yeah. read a good book or you, you go outside and sit in the sun and take some photos. That stuff nurtures the soul. So you do For something sure. do something tomorrow that's going to be, um, yeah, filling your tank up, making you feel good. Well, and I'm thank you, man. Thank you for sharing on this and thank you for um you know just being an inspiring human i'm sure you're a great nurse i want to speak to that imposter syndrome and tell you if i was in in a, a hospital environment you would be like the ultimate nurse if you were my nurse i would be stoked so yeah, i definitely appreciate that bro awesome man well i'll talk to you again soon see you man say hi to everyone will do Well, there you have it. There's my chat with Roger. What a wonderful human. Love that guy and really value his time. On my next episode of Poetic Beings, I'll be chatting to my friend Andrew Cox, who I've also asked to write a poem. And I know it's going to be good, so look out for that. That'll probably be released in two weeks. In a few weeks from now, I'm very excited to be launching something called Uncontained. It's basically an online festival of podcasting in collaboration with the Central Coast Council and uh, many podcasters here on the coast. We have put together basically a highlight reel of about 10 different podcasters making shows on the coast. And the whole idea behind Uncontained is not only to celebrate great podcasts being made, but to empower new ones 
So you might have some things to say and you might have a bit more space to say it if you are particularly homebound at the moment. So why not get involved with Uncontained Festival of the Podcast? You can go to leadbystory.com.au slash uncontained. There will be workshops. There will be daily videos highlighting podcasters. There will be a couple of live events and panel discussions. And in fact a live spoken word event online. So I'm very excited about all of this. More details to come. If you want to connect with those, uh, make sure you follow Lead by Story on Instagram or on Facebook. Or if you're super old school, just go to the website leadbystory.com.au slash uncontained. Well, have a great day, you lovely human. And uh, write some poetry or do something creative. You need it anytime, whether or not there's a pandemic happening. Mm-hmm.